Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. We're on this uh, very interesting topic called Kingdom Influence, and the preach title, the message title this morning is Kingdom Overflow. Uh, Overflow, who knows this? Overflow is, is something... Uh, very special to the kingdom of God. It's something that is very relevant and very important to us. And we're going to look at it specifically. Uh, before I do, I'm just going to tell you a little story. I, when I was a kid, um, and I am still a, a big kid, actually. Some of you are quick to say that. But um, I, uh, I, used to, I, I used to have baths, as I guess you do, um, and uh, try to avoid them as often as possible. Uh, but now I don't have baths ever. Which is good, isn't it? Uh, that's because I shower all the time. <laughs> so I have a shower every morning, uh, and I love it. It wakes me up. But um, I used to get in the bath when I was a kid, and I really didn't like sitting in baths for very long. Um, but I used to run the water, and then put your toe in the tap. Has anyone ever done that? Put your toe up in the tap. These days, it's all so sophisticated. It's in the middle of the bath, and you've got like a jacuzzi thing going on. But um, in my day, it was like stick your toes in the tap and then squirt it all over the room. But... Um, but as, uh, as I had bars, I, I remember, because I, I hadn't had a bar for years and years and years, I remember one of the things I used to love doing was to slowly rock in the bath, you know, slide my bum up and down the bottom of the bath. Now, who knows that that starts to create a little wave? And that wave starts to move forward and backwards. And, and like all young boys, I try and get that wave to really move. I'm looking, I'm looking at Ben and realizing we've got something in common here. And we, I would slide up. And, and you know what my game was? It was to try and get that wave to get just to the top of the bath. And so I'd be like, swoosh, swoosh. Eventually, the wave would get to the top. And I'd be so excited, I'd just go swoosh. And guess where it all went? Right over the bath. And then it's like, oh, no, because there's a whole... You know, there's a sea of water around the bath. Now, why do I tell you the story? Because in a sense, it's overflow. Uh, but overflow will happen in life no matter what. Stuff is going to overflow from our lives. It'll overflow. The bad will overflow, let me tell you. The bad will overflow and the good will overflow. Uh, but the kingdom of God's got provision for... In fact, it's designed for you to have overflow. Now, some of you in the meeting today, I was just thinking of it in the worship earlier. Some of you will be a bit like me in the bath, and you've been moving around a little bit in that bath, and actually your bath's quite empty. I think there are people in the service today, and and some of what has been in your bath is now on the floor, and you need to be filled up again. And that is going to happen in the service. I want you to know that God cares about you. He cares about your life experience. He cares about your journey. He cares about what's going on. And, and if your bath is half empty or more, I think God will fill it today. And that's God's plan. But overflow is an important kingdom thing. So we're just going to look at it. But we're going to get into context because this series has been created uh, simply because of our focus on our vision statement. So our BCC vision, which was announced just before the summer, um, this isn't all our goals, by the way. This isn't all the objectives we've got. This is our vision. So this is, this is the overarching reason we are doing what we're doing. We're here to make disciples. And so that's our mission statement. But our vision is to bring growing kingdom influence and transformation to every area of our lives, community, and beyond. That is a big vision, let me tell you. And it requires goals and 
planning and strategy and all that stuff that comes in. And it's great at the moment, I'm talking to some of the teams about dreaming bigger in their areas of ministry. What could God do if we got access to this or to that? Or, you know, how many people could we reach if we, you know, went into one area? What if we went into the marketplace intentionally? What if we went to the schools and went to multiple schools? What if we, what could we see happen as an overflow of the kingdom and its influence if we start to set some goals? Now, that will come in its due course, but this is our vision. Growing kingdom influence and transformation. It's not just people being aware. We want people to be changed by God's kingdom in every area of our lives, our community, and beyond. And so um, that's really what the, the basis of this, this preach is about. But as we move forward, we're going to explore this whole thing of overflow. I like this statement by Eugene Peterson. He's the guy who wrote the Message Bible. It's not written in the Message Bible, but this is what he says. No life of faith can be lived privately. There must be overflow into the life of others. There must be overflow. And so the reflection right now is, what is overflowing from my life? What do I think is coming out of my life? Is it a desperate cry for something to come in? Is it something of the fullness of God that's pouring out of it? Would I like to have more of God in my life? What, are, what is my situation? I think it's important to think about it because God is closer to us than sometimes we think. He's here and he will meet us where we are. So why overflow? Because overflow is designed in God's kingdom to be part of our journey. Our, our journey, it's not the destination, it's, it's how we do the journey. Uh, that's important. And overflow is important. So we're going to use a piece of scripture from the Old Testament to begin to open up this conversation. And where we are as BCC is a very interesting place right now. Many are away uh, this morning uh, on holiday, enjoying the beaches and swimming pools around the world, perhaps visiting friends and family in other countries. But God is moving us forward and we're in a season change. And it's almost like we're stepping into something right now that God has been preparing and planning for us. And that, that is happening right now. Things have happened even this week that tell me that God is moving very powerfully in our immediate journey. So Joshua 3, 3 to 4. So you remember the Israelites had come out of Egypt for 40 years. They've been going around the same old mountains, getting things wrong, God having to, to navigate them and guide them. And in that journey, a whole generation was lost. And we don't want to go through life losing a generation. We haven't got time to mess around. We need to know that we're reaching a generation around us. And the the Israelites come through the land of what is now Jordan, down the valley to the river Jordan. And they're just over the hill. In fact, I think they're just near to Mount Nebo. Now, Liz and I were in Jordan, the country, a couple of years ago, and we stood on Mount Nebo and looked across the Jordan Valley. It's a very, very wide valley, and there's this river that snakes through the bottom. And the Israelites are all, they've all come, and they're on the edge of this valley about to go down. And, and the, the, the guy in charge of it, Joshua, is about to lead these people, and God's speaking to him, and now he's speaking to the people. When you see the Levite a Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. 
Verse 4 of Joshua 3. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. You see, they were really on the verge of stepping into the promise that God had had prepared for them for years, decades. But they're just about to step into it. And something interesting is going on. And let's unpack this for a moment. Since you have never traveled this way before, this is a brand new journey. It was a, now, they've walked for years, but this is a brand new journey. You've never traveled this way before. And the ark is going to lead you. Uh, but you've got to stay well back. Why? Because there was something powerful about what that ark represented. It represented the presence of God. In fact, in the Old Testament, we read a lot about how that ark, you couldn't get near it. And if you did, you, were, you could die. And actually, only the priests were allowed to get near it. And there were all sorts of rules and regulations about getting close to that ark. In other words, the ark was separated from the people. But it was the, sort of, uh, it was the most important physical um, object that brought worship into the temple for the Israelites uh, and brought them to, a, to an understanding of who God was. So make sure you don't come any closer. So this is the journey. Now, who's ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? Anyone? Oh, it's a classic film, isn't it? Harrison Ford, Steven Spielberg, he produced it or directed it. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And as I was I couldn't help but think of Raiders of the Lost Ark when I'm thinking of the Ark. Who liked that South American bit where the, the, the kind of boulder is going down the tunnel and he's got to run and they've got all these things going backwards and forwards trying to chop people's heads off. And, you know, I love all that, that, that stuff. Um, but, you know, the film, the storyline of the film is that there's this realization that the Ark may exist. We've got to find the Ark because the Ark is where the greatest power in the universe is centered. And so you get um, Harrison Ford's character is on his looking for this thing, but the, the bad guys are looking for it as well. And eventually they find it. And the big scene in that film is the opening of the Ark. Can you remember that? It's like, that's like everyone wants to know how this power is going to get unleashed. And so the bad guys are on the stage. They've got, they've got this priest. They've got all these soldiers in the room. And Harrison Ford's at the back. It's tied up against a, a stick or something, a, rod, a, a, a big post with his co-star. And in that situation, um, they slide back the lid of this ark, thinking that something amazing is going to happen. And then they reach inside it. And everyone's thinking, what's inside the ark? What's inside the ark? And, and they pull it up, and, and it's all sand. And all this sand starts falling through the fingers of the people on the stage. And they're looking like, is this, this is a complete waste of time. It's, this is it. And then, and then you realize something's about to happen. And at that time, it's like all the supernatural kicks off in the room. And suddenly, this kind of grinning thing becomes terror. And these powers go flying around the room and then people that start exploding and lights pop. And, and, and as a Christian at that point, let me tell you, I was kind of pleased. I was glad that the bad guys got roasted. <laughs> um, it has nothing to do with the Bible, by the way, that whole story. But it's interesting how people don't really know what these things represent. And so, so it did remind me of that. But let's w- think for a second about what the ark really was. Because overflow has something to do with this ark in our own lives right now. And you may think, what on earth has overflow got to do with the Ark of the Covenant? Let me tell you this. Um, that box was made of acacia wood and covered in gold, and the Israelites would carry it. Uh, the priests would carry it. It's where they, it was the central element within worship in the tabernacle. Uh, and it had these two cherubim on top. 
Uh, but there, was, there were things inside that ark. And the Bible tells us there were three things inside that ark. The first thing was a golden jar of manna, um, which, is, which was the bread that God fed the Israelites while they wandered in the wilderness. So God gave them, in fact, manna means, what is this? <laughs> and I think they were pretty frustrated because that's what they had for food every single day. They, they had quail as well at, at one point. But, but manna, so there's a jar of manna, the food that God gave them. Then there was Aaron's staff. You think, why would someone's rod or staff be in there? It's because at a point in history, the Israelites got frustrated with the priests, the leaders. Who's, who's the right high priest for us? They all got disgruntled. And God gave the instruction, lay all the staffs out. And overnight, Aaron's staff budded to show that that was God's chosen person. That was God's chosen high priest, God's chosen priest. And uh, so Aaron's staff is in there. And then the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God, is inside that box as well. So these three things. It seems kind of a weird collection. And you may be thinking, why on earth? But, you know, on top of it, where those cherubims sit, if you can see the picture, um, that whole top is called the mercy seat. That's the mercy seat. You may have read about that in Scripture. And at, at the place of or time of atonement, um, an animal would be sacrificed. And the blood would be sprinkled on the mercy seat. And that's deliberate. Because that sprinkling of blood, the sacrifice, was the point at which God's presence would then appear in between the hands of that cher- those cherubim and on above the ark. God himself would appear above it. Not on the, he's not boxed in on the inside. The symbolism. Now, this is fascinating. Because if you know anything about Jesus Christ you may already be realizing that that whole picture is a picture of Jesus Christ himself. It's a picture, and you may think, how on earth is that a picture? It's a picture of the person and the saving work of Christ. You see, Jesus is called the bread of life. Jesus is our great high priest. There's no more errands. It's Jesus himself, once now for all time. And he has completely fulfilled the moral law of God and brought grace And it's his shed blood on the mercy seat once for all time that connects the power of God to all the humanity, earthly needs of God's hand. Can you see that? It is incredible. And this was prepared by God for us to understand generations before you and I ever lived. Generations before Jesus ever came to the earth. He'd already prepared this illustration of what the saving nature of sacrifice and atonement and and Jesus bridging that gap between human need and God's presence. He's the one who bridges the gap once for all time. That's what you and I have got as access and inheritance. We've got that. This was prepared hundreds, dare I say, a long time before Jesus ever came to the earth. God already had the pattern laid out. This is what it takes. And I'm just going to this may surprise you. I'm just going to. Do you remember Mary Magdalene? She had a bit of a checkered past, didn't she? Mary Magdalene. You can read in John 10, verse 20, that she goes to the tomb when Jesus has been laid in the tomb. And she goes to find his body. Do you remember what she saw? She saw no body. She saw two angels. She saw two angels, and where were they standing? One at the head and one at the feet of where Jesus had been laying. Do you realize that as a direct direct mirror pattern of God's uh, statement of what it is to have God brought to earth to meet with us. 
And that took place at Jesus' resurrection. Can you believe that? You probably have never seen it, but it's incredible. It's just a picture. It, the Bible doesn't emphasize it. It just lets you see that God was in this all the time. Incredible. So that's the ark, right? The ark. But you know what? They had the ark, which is this kind of personification of, of God's presence with them. It could only be carried, by the way, covered, because it's, it's gold. They covered it with, with skins and blue cloth. So it was covered over. Uh, but look what's going on in Joshua 3, 15 and 16. It was harvest season. This is really prophetic for our church. I'm telling you, harvest season. We have seen many, many, many come to faith over the life of this church. By the way, right now, there's a whole bunch of people wanting to get baptized. We're trying to get the date sorted out in September so, so those baptisms can happen. But harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. There'll be some things in your life that are right in front of you and they're stopping you moving into that, that promise that God's got for you. That promise, that season. And it's just there and it's overflowing. There may be things in your life right now that are outside of your control that are overflowing in your experience and they're not helping you. They're overflowing. They're causing you to feel like I can't move forward because this overflowing situation is a barrier to me moving forward. That's what these Israelites felt. The Jordan was overflowing. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, verse 16, the water above that point began backing up at a great distance away at a town further up the Jordan. And you can read about all this. You see, they had to step into the water. That was their step. That's all God said. You will step into the water. But further upstream, God was already creating the blockage. He was stopping it. He was stopping the flow, the overflowing problem that was in front of them. You and I will never know what needs to truly be changed to enable you to get forward in your life. God does. You can try. They could have tried to build a bridge. They could have tried to get boats. They could have tried to, I don't know, they could have come up with all sorts of wacky hairbrained ideas to get from one side to the other. But God has his way, and he knows where to stop the water flowing. In our lives, we get so caught up in trying to fix the problem that we lose sight of the fact that God is the one who will solve it for you. And if we try to take it into our own hands, we could spend forever going nowhere and not stepping through the shortest route that's straight into what God is promising. And there are people in here today, God is calling you to join the journey with us. It's very interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting this. Let me just, uh, yes, I'll pick it up in a second. So we know that overflow can be good or bad. But overflow comes from, it says in the dictionary, to fill a space to capacity and spread beyond its limits. So when we are filled, or when something is filled, it overflows, its space and its capacity is completely consumed. And of course, then it's, it's flooding over. But overflow can be good or bad. And if we allow not good things to develop in our lives, or if we see bad things around us, those things can overflow and impact us. That's why we have to take care. We have to be careful to not allow bad things to overrule our lives because good or bad can overflow. A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite writers when I was a young guy, um, has written this. God dot, 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 can, without anything other than himself, meet and overflow the deepest demands of our total nature, our human nature, mysterious and deep as that nature is. 
See, God, without anything other than himself, can meet and overflow the deepest needs. There'll be situations that are deep needs in us all right now. And some of those deep needs might be stopping you because the deep need itself is overflowing and creating a barrier. But we want to be filled with God's presence. We want to be filled with kingdom provision so that when we step forward, God can sort out what's blocking us. And it is a supernatural thing. And it it is supernatural and it is a miracle. And God will do that in people's lives. And and that's why we're talking about it this morning. You know, it says um, earlier on, um, when we're looking at Joshua 3, that the people were drawn out from where they were effectively stopped, where they were kind of stuck. And, And actually... People were waiting for God to create the space for them to go through. And that ark was in front of them. Now I'm going to switch across to the New Testament and bring a a parallel. Because kingdom is directly linked to the Old Testament, but it's also directly linked to the New Testament. Now if we see what was Jesus doing, we're now going to just reflect for a few moments on the feeding of the 5,000. And as you know, Jesus was ministering on the hillside or to lots and lots of people, and disciples were there. And look at the human response to this situation. Matthew 14, 15 and 16. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Verse 16, but Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. Verse 17, but we only have, or have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Two things. Um, You feed them. Why? Because it isn't necessary. There are too many things that we do that are not necessary. Too many things. There are things that we allow ourselves to get caught up in that are not necessary. You may think it's appropriate. You may think you want to be in it. It's not necessary. There are things that you will get dragged into or come up as solutions to fix problems. And it's not necessary. It's not. That's the provision of the king. In the kingdom, he's the focus. He's the one that will navigate through the things that need to be navigated through. Things that we do and try and solve problems, sometimes it's just not necessary. You don't need to spend your whole life trying to fix something that you are not equipped to fix. And you know, good news. God himself is saying it. It's not necessary. You just need to trust God in your situation. Jesus said it's not necessary. You feed them. They were the answer. They didn't even think that they were the answer. We are the answer in this situation. But we only have five loaves. Hang on. We only have what? You only have the the Son of God. (laughs) You only have access to the kingdom of heaven. You only have um, the fulfillment of the law. You only have, you know, miracles all over the place. You only, these guys had lost sight of everything, and human beings do that. We do it all the time. We lose sight of the magnitude of what we have in, in our hands. What we have is very ordinary, by the way. But when God's involved, it's extraordinary. And God takes the ordinary and does it. And in this case, they came from a boy. And so many of us as adults get completely stuck about God. What are you going to do and how are you going to do it? Some things we worry about just aren't necessary because we become the miracle carriers. And you are in here because God wants you to be a miracle carrier. And who knows, you might be on a journey to walk with us as we cross into this immediate future of the life of the church. What is God going to do? There's some amazing things ahead. So what did Jesus say? Bring them here, he said. Um, and how does God produce overflow? This is very interesting. A little pattern here. Matthew 14, 18, 19. Jesus said, bring them here. 
uh, the items, the fish and the loaves. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. This is uber simple. (laughs) Uber simple. So simple, we like to make life complicated. What have you got? Bring it to me. That's it. You want to see overflow? Overflow, by the way, comes from faithfulness. The root of overflow is simply faithfulness. Our faithfulness, not our extraordinary skills, our strategic empowerment, our kind of amazing business success. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Every one of us can be faithful. It's not about age. It's not about gender. It's not about nationality. It's about faithfulness. It's about faithfulness of what God gives us. If we're faithful, you don't need to make up a plan to see overflow in your life. It's just going to happen. That thing is going to gush like a geezer you can't stop. All you've got to do is be faithful. Faithful. If you're not faithful, it's like the flow stops. Why? Because you're distracted by other things. Another kingdom becomes your focus. And the kingdom of God has got to be our focus. It's got to be our focus. So we bring what we've got to Jesus, whatever it is. Whatever the situation, we bring it to him. We bring it to him. He does something important here. He blesses it. He blesses it. As we give what we have to Jesus himself, he blesses it. His blessing rests on what we bring to him. Then what does he do? He breaks it apart. Now, many of us don't like our stuff being broken apart. We'd rather keep it all together and do it. No, no, he breaks it apart because that's where overflow is going to come from. He starts to break open what we bring him, no matter how big or small it is. And then he gives it back to us and says, distribute it. That's a pattern for almost everything in Scripture to do with multiplication, whether it's financial, whether it's material, whether it's emotional, relational. Just bring it to Jesus. He will bless it. He'll put his hands on it, and he'll start to break open what needs to be broken open. And then we go into distribution. And this is interesting. Verse 20, 12 baskets of leftovers. You know the word that is used in Greek, for leftovers means overflow. So your leftovers are the overflow. Your leftovers. And the leftovers fed thousands more people. The leftovers. So you could have a life strewn with leftovers that you think mean nothing, but actually you're saving a whole community of people with what is spilling out of your life. How do we get to that place? How do we get to that place? Well, it's not that complicated. It's the faithfulness, as we said. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. It's faithfulness. Uh, I did the offering, I think it was last week, and that was the verse I I felt God gave me to use. And that's where he said, talk about overflow. And if you were in the meeting, and I just had a moment when the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Overflow, you've got to help... This understanding of overflow. Overflow is, the kingdom's all about overflow. It's all about overflow. And we use it from an offering perspective. But this verse is attached to how we forgive others. Did you know that? It's not attached to finance, but it can be attached to finance. It can be attached to anything where God's principles and practices can be applied. So every situation. So what's overflowing in my life? I've asked that question already. What's overflowing in your life? You know, the best way to find out, ask somebody, if you dare. Ask somebody around you. Ask someone who likes you. Ask someone who doesn't like you. 
But ask someone who knows you. What, you, know, you may want to do it subtly. You know, at our church, the minister said, I should ask what is overflowing from my life. What does that mean? How would you like to know about Jesus Christ? <laughs> That's what I would do, by the way. Um, but, um, but what do others say is overflowing your life? What's coming out of it? But what could be overflowing? What could be overflowing? See, God, it was, he never planned for us to walk around half full. It never was the plan. The plan was never to be swishing the bath and just watching stuff just disappear and having less and less. And the plan was that we're full. And that's why it's important today. So you may be in here because you're feeling a little bit like your levels have dropped. But he not only wants to fill you up, he wants the overflow to run into people's lives, to influence and affect others. We can be overflows. I just want to show you some examples from Scripture of a few things where overflow is mentioned. Confident hope. The Bible talks about having an overflow of confident hope. Confident hope. There's a whole community around us in Britain right now who's not got a lot of confidence and they haven't got a lot of hope. They're worried sick about Europe. They're worried sick about businesses. They're worried sick. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And did you know that Greek word behind the word overflow in Romans 15, 13 means to superabound, superabound. But it means superabound not just in quantity, but quality. So it's not just loads of stuff is going to come out of your life that's going to be voluminous. It's going to be great quality. In other words, you don't, when something's great quality, you don't need a lot of it. But imagine if you had loads of stuff with great quality coming out. Imagine the influence, the impact that's going to have. God wants us to be filled ourselves, but to overflow. In fact, you are all people who can overflow and probably do to a greater or lesser degree. And God wants you to be encouraged to overflow. Overflowing blessings are in times of conflict. My cup overflows, Psalm 23, verse 5. My cup, my portion, my situation overflows when you're, he prepares a feast before me in the presence of my enemies. So even in the most difficult times, God will fill our life with blessings and overflow. Abundant success. You can read all these scriptures yourself, Psalm 65, 11. Your carts will overflow with abundance. You can overflow with compassion. Luke 7.13, Jesus said that, the Lord, it was said that the Lord saw her. His heart overflowed with compassion. Maybe you are hard-nosed. You know, sometimes life makes us really stubborn, brittle, and hard-nosed. And it's dog-eat-dog dog out there. And you just haven't got space to be too caring about others. But you know you should do. But you know what? God will help us to overflow with compassion. He will help us to do it. Supernatural joy. Some people really need to get a smile on their faces. John 15.11 uh, your joy will overflow. R- rich generosity, overflowing richly in generosity. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 2. These are just some of the areas in Scripture that can overflow from your life. You can read all these verses um, when you go home. Uh, but it's incredible what God, what God does. God gives incredible grace. 2 Corinthians 9.14. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. The overflowing grace. The ability, do you realize that's what this kingdom's all about? This kingdom of God that we, are, we worship the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, and in his kingdom, all these things are yours and mine. He doesn't hold it back from you. The enemy might make you feel like you're cornered, 
But God doesn't. He just says, this is all for you. You can overflow in all these. Overflow in love and understanding. Philippians 1.9. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. And that you'll keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Last week I had a, an interesting time where I had this kind of internal challenge. Do I go and show God's love in a situation where, where, where I didn't really feel very relaxed about doing it, if I'm really honest. I had to really dig deep. And, and I felt, you know, just do it. Just kingdom says... Just let love overflow in your situation. Be, be gracious. Be kind. Just be with people. And God did an amazing thing last week um, with people I haven't seen for a long, long time. And, and the kingdom of God was glorified because of Jesus and his ability to allow overflow of forgiveness and grace to happen in people's situations. Amazing. Then look at this, Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Honour the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. These are biblical principles. God's never said, don't have. He's never said you should have nothing. He just said, just let it overflow. Just bring it in. I'll give it to you. Just overflow. Just don't hoard it. Don't hold on. Don't keep for yourself what I'm giving for you and for others. Let it go. Let it be released. And I'm going to flip back now to Joshua and the promised land and the Israelites. Joshua 3.17. The priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan. A couple of thoughts on this. These, these priests had to carry that ark. But the Bible tells us clearly that we carry the presence of God. You know, we can step in places... Because God's doing a miracle in those places. We can step into them. We can carry his presence into, into situations. Look what happened here. They stood on dry ground in the middle of a riverbed as the people passed by. While they were there, they waited until the whole nation. There's a whole nation that has no way through the stuff in their life that's overflowing and stopping them move forward. But you and I have got God's grace in our lives we could begin to be the people who step into those incredible situations. And you step in where others will fear to tread. You can step in and God will stop the river because you're there. Because you've heard him speak. He's guiding you. When we're obedient to him, we can step into situations. And you know, your very presence brings the presence of God. That's incredible that God honors us and gives us that amount of influence. So what could be overflowing? Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Faithful in the areas that God pinpoints in our lives. If the Holy Spirit is whispering into your ear, you need to get that in order. You need to get... Just do it. Just get things. Be faithful. Be faithful. Don't be in agony. Just be faithful and watch the over. It will just happen. And God will overflow into so many different people's situations. I was trying to think of a story that would illustrate this. And I'm now moving to my last slide, effectively. I was trying to think of a story that would illustrate overflow. And I had a few, but then something I've, I very, very rarely do. Um, last Sunday evening, I went home and ha- my dad passed away a little while ago. And um, he left loads of stuff. And, and there were loads of slides, you know, photographic slides, these little things. Anyone remember what those things are? <laughs> they're, they're not today's technology by any stretch. And um, I had literally thousands of these things. And I just, to, I thought, I'll, look, I'll start looking. Start looking through these things. Um, and, I, and that's why I thought about it today. My dad, praise God, had overflow in his life. 
And when I looked at these slides, I could see the faithfulness of his life and the overflow of his life. And it's a real life story. And I just thought I'd take the liberty of showing you a couple of photos just to illustrate the point. And so um, back in the, the day gone, days gone by, um, my parents went out to India. Uh, they left everything behind and were obedient to God. And so out of the overflow of their relationship with Christ, they felt they should trust him with everything. And so as a young married couple on the left-hand side, they, they felt a call to India and said, we'll go. Now, that's an overflow situation happening. That's, that's the overflow of their love of God and people making that happen. It's a call, but it's an overflow. And so my dad is about 26 there, and my mum's about 19 in that photo. All right? Some people can't even get on a bus these days. All right? Those guys went to India overland by truck. And, um, and lo and behold... In no short order, I appeared. And now you want to know why and how I ever got born in India? That's, that's where it all comes from. So, um, but the overflow of a life can produce so much more than we ever could imagine. And it can change the destiny for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Maybe millions of people. It's the overflow. It's not... It's just the overflow. All we do is be faithful, and when God speaks, we do. We don't argue about it. We don't justify it. We don't get opinions of 55 other people. But what about this? They're not good. They're not bad. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Step into God's faithfulness in his kingdom and watch the overflow happen. This is a true story. I popped up on the scene, so I'm bottom right-hand corner with my mother. Um, and, you know, in many ways, I want to honor my mum today, and she's in this meeting. And it's Audrey. And, um, I, let me tell you something. I give her a really hard time. Because she's mum, I call her Audrey all the time. Because I don't want you all to think that her and me are talking about the congregation. So she's arm's length all the time. Um, but I want to thank you, mum. Awesome. Carrying... Overflow is everything. It's everything. You may live your whole life and, and be living half full. Or you can just say, God, fill me up. May my life overflow. May I have something to show from what you have done in my life. I carry the ark, the personality of Jesus Christ. I carry him every day. It's something that God has given me access to. And I've got the ability to overflow. And he's providing all this stuff that I can overflow with. See the truck at the top? That's how these guys got to India. And there will be obstacles, let me tell you. And, that, and they might get stuck. And that truck is stuck. And that elephant is actually moving that truck out of the way. Because there's no AA. Well, there wasn't in those days in India. And, um, you know, just a few throwaways. You know, in that brief time in India before my dad got arrested by the police then got booted out and ended up going via prison all just the enemy working against the kingdom but everything got sorted out but let me just tell you this we ended up living in Kathmandu Nepal as a result of having to leave India but but during that brief time there a hundred million 
pieces of literature got produced that was distributed right across the nation of India. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of believers in India now because of that. Just one of those stories was one of a guy called K.P. Yohannan. He was a young teenage boy who came to faith, somehow attached to one of the teams my dad was leading. And little K.P. Yohannan, who spoke no English, grew up. And K.P. Yohannan got convicted by God and just fearlessly took the gospel around India. He got some education in America. He started to plant a movement. And now there's more than two million people in the movement led by one guy that came to faith through the work of those people. Could they come up with that as a strategy, some sort of clever plan? You can't do it. But I know a man who can. And you can trust him just by being faithful. Faithfulness. Sometimes faithfulness is the most difficult thing. Because we get into battles over so many different things. Just We've got to just be faithful to God and watch the overflow happen. You know, and I didn't say this in the first service, but look at pebbles. There's still an overflow. Still an overflow. You know, last Sunday in the second service, someone from Pebbles gave their life to Christ. There's an overflow. What do you want to live in your life? Do you want to be moaning and whinging and frustrated and going for this and frustrated about that? Would you want to just live in God's presence and be faithful and watch the overflow change the lives of thousands? Because you don't have to be a hero to do it. You just have to be someone who's faithful and willing to walk where God says walk. It's amazing, isn't it? I wanted to encourage you with that. We come to the end of our service. We're going to sing a song right now. But I know this. If you've come into the service, join me, band. If you come into the service and you feel half full, we want you to leave full. We don't want you leaving with emptiness in you. We want you to be filled up with God. We want your life to overflow. We want you to have the joy of seeing that overflow change lives around you. Because we're partners with Christ. We're partners with him in the gospel. We're partners bringing the good news. So we're going to stand. I'm just going to pray for a moment. Let's just stand. The guys are going to start. Thank you guys for doing what you're doing. We're going to pray and then we're just going to sing our last song. I know God's speaking to people and, and he's speaking in ways that are important to you and to me personally. Whatever it is, listen and be faithful to what he's saying. But I'm just going to thank him. Thank you, Father. The Lord, we've reflected on the Old Testament. Lord, those Israelites crossing the Jordan. Lord, how the presence of God led them. Lord, in the form of the ark. That, Lord, that reflection of Jesus Christ himself now being God with us. Lord, thank you that we carry what those people couldn't carry. That, Lord, we have got so much Lord, in front of us to be able to walk into and to move through. And God, it's supernatural. Thank you, Father, that we, we can take a step into the flow. And Lord, upstream, you're already sorting things out so that we can move on dry ground. Thank you, Lord. Pray for anybody in this meeting, Lord, who is feeling like they just need to be filled today. Lord, as we come to this last song, Lord, we, we just want to bless the name of Jesus. Amen.